When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Dasgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. What is this a podcast of? Well, you know that. It's a podcast of happiness. It's a podcast of wellness. It's a podcast of awesome stories. It's a podcast of learning. And yes, I love dropping medical pearls from time to time. And today, I want to do something practical, something that, you know, you don't realize it, but you probably had it or be worried about sometime. It's going to be about Drug reactions, oh, that just can't be a good thing, you know? So whether you're into healthcare or not, we're going to be talking about it. And you know me, if I don't know something, I want to get an expert involved. So today, yes, I got an actual allergist to come here to talk about these drug reactions. So today's guest is going to be, once again, not only an allergist, but my friend, and not only my friend, one of the uh, contributors, authors for my new book that's going to be coming out about microbiome and immuno. We are talking about Dr. Asal Nadiri, and you know the way we do this, bio first. So Dr. Nadiri attended UCLA for undergraduate education. Uh, Medical school was in St. Louis University. She completed her residency in internal medicine at the University of Irvine. Yay, anteaters. I completed my fellowship in, well, not me, her fellowship in allergy and immunology at UC Irvine. Uh, She was academic faculty at UC Irvine for six years prior to becoming a Trojan here at Keck Hospital of USC. She enjoys all that is allergy and immunology and encompasses a special passion for drug allergies, which is what this talk is about today. Dr. Nadiri, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Dr. Raj. I'm so excited to be here and to be able to be a member of the podcast and to help educate individuals listening. And if anyone has questions, do not hesitate to reach out to me later on because my job here is to educate and to help. Oh, you know, you sound so nice already. And you look super nice today. And in fact, this is going to be a great podcast because I'm recording in the room together. So Yeah. All right. So let's do the meet and greet questions first. So Dr. Nadiri, why did you want to have a doctor in front of your name? Why did you want to be a medical doctor? I wanted to help people. And I think everyone wants to help people and you can help people with many different fields, not just being a physician, but I was intrigued by science. And with my intriguement, the path took me to becoming a physician. So we have many choices, you know, after med school, our residency and all these things. 
what drew you to doing allergy slash immunology? So I actually was like many, I think, physicians that liked all fields in medicine. So it was actually very, very hard to decide because every rotation I did, I loved it. And then by the end of my third year, I was starting to get really, really nervous because I wanted to be everything. And we all know you can't do that. And I was on my pediatrics rotation and our chief of pediatrics at the time that that day was match day and she actually matched into allergy and she was so excited and she was like jumping up and down. And I was like, why are you jumping up and down? And she's like, I matched into this field called allergy and immunology. Mm. So then she told me about it and it was very intriguing. And I met with the division chief at that time of allergy at St. Louis university. And that started my path to becoming an allergist immunologist. Well, I'm glad you did, or else we wouldn't team up for our book writing together and everything. Um, You know, on a side note, so my my little girl during the wintertime when we're recording this, she got sick. Yeah, you got a little RSV. So we had to go to the hospital. And I was just thinking back to when you are, I want to do a little bit of everything. One thing I can't do, I'd make a horrible pediatrician. I don't think so. I think you'd be great. You think so? When it's your own kid, though. They were putting an IV in my girl. And I'm like tearing up. It's very different. It is. It is. Okay. So I think this is a good kind of like opening question, you know, uh, what is a drug allergy and can any medication cause a drug allergy? You know what I mean? Over the counter prescription. Let, how, how do you define that? So, so we have adverse drug reactions and drug allergies, right? If we're talking about a true drug allergy, we can break it into type one, type two, type three, type four that we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But the basic is the most scary one that everyone really, really always wants to avoid is what we call a type one allergy, which is where the body makes IgE, i.e. allergy, allergy cells against mm-hmm. an entity. And the reactions that one can get with that can be itching, flushing, rash, wheezing, hives, swelling, and the most lethal, scary one, anaphylaxis. Oh, right? that, that, the words just sound scary. And then, yes, to answer your question, anything technically can cause a drug allergy. So this is a hard question because, you know, I didn't realize how broad the definition could be. And we're talking about subcategories. So, you know, my question was, what are some of the common signs and symptoms if you have a a drug allergy? A true, true allergy. So a true allergy Mm -hmm. that you definitively want to avoid a medication for Mm -hmm. if you, I would say, develop a rash, Mm -hmm. hives, any part of your body swells. If your throat is closing, any of those, you definitively want to avoid it. If you start having a fever, although it's not a true drug allergy, anything that causes systemic symptoms, fever, I would say, let's say your skin starts to turn yellow or anything that just seems out of the ordinary, stop that medication and seek care. So, you know, I'm going to pull an audible. I didn't have this written down, but so I like how we started off. There's adverse reactions and drug allergies, right? right? So for, for my listeners or for someone just out there right now, I could see them in Walgreens. How will they know it's an adverse reaction to a drug versus a drug allergy? Because we're talking, you know, just the public, you know? So let's say for individuals who take, I would say ibuprofen. Okay. Ibuprofen. Um, would cause reflux in many people. Right? Okay. That's an adverse drug reaction. Gotcha. You know it's going to cause reflux in a majority of people that take it. Um, and you don't have to stop the medication unless the reflux is very bad for other reasons. Mm-hmm. But that's an adverse reaction. Okay. Right? 
But for instance, let's say you take, you have an ear infection and you take a penicillin agent like amoxicillin. And then an hour later, your lip is swollen. That's a true reaction. And you should obviously don't take any more doses of the medication. Of course. And seek care immediately. <sighs> and is there a little overlap between adverse reaction and allergy for the layperson? They may not know the difference. I A little bit of overlap. Okay. I always say if you have any questions, stop the medication and yep. ask, right? Because sometimes certain things may initially seem like they're not a very big deal. And then later looking at the pattern, you're like, oh my God, every time I took this medicine, I didn't think I, you know, was itching as much. And now I'm itching head to toe. So if someone just took a medication, I love ibuprofen. I think I have some in my bag right now. And they started getting a little rash. You know what I mean? Of course, being a doctor, you're going to ask me and this and this, but it's a little rash. Is that enough? To say I should stop the medication Correct. right there. I would stop the medication okay. right then and there okay. until it can be further clarified. Did everyone hear this, my listeners? This is good tips right here. So I told my listeners that I was getting an allergist in here. So I got a question sent to me and I want to see how you answer this. Okay. All right. So can you get a drug allergy okay. after taking a drug for a while? You actually can. Um, so we'll break it into two different scenarios mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. So we'll go back to the ear infection and the amoxicillin. Okay. So let's say you had an ear infection and you started amoxicillin. And I'm going to then say it got, like, let's say more severe and they prolonged your course. So let's okay. say you initially took it for two days. The doctor went back, thought it wasn't strong enough, and they gave you amoxicillin clavulinate, right? So it still has an amoxicillin component, sure. and they want to prolong your course. You stopped, you finished your three-day course, you stopped it, you resumed the next course. If you have swelling with the next course, you can get it while being on the medication. So it's ah. worth paying attention to. Okay. And then earlier, we actually talked about while you're on a medication, Certain reactions that are done by our T cells in our body, our T cells are one of our white blood cell count numbers. They're actually notorious for people initially being on a medication and happening either during the course or stopping the medicine and happening days to weeks later. Oh, that's scary. So they're very, I say, smart yet tricky members of our yeah. body. So when you have now you're in your doctor outfit, if someone comes to you and we're talking about it looks and smells like an allergic reaction, getting a good history, getting a good history, I say in allergy, I think in all of medicine, but specific in allergy, the history is the most important component of what we do. Because based upon what the patient tells us, we can yeah. together the time course and the type of reaction. They have. And that's interesting because, you know, in the ICU, in the wards, we commonly see rashes. You know what I mean? And I think my instinct is always to look at the drug list, what's right, right in front of you. Right. You know, maybe the trick is what did that person get the week before or a few that's, days before? You can always think of it. So, for instance, mm -hmm. a benign rash that happens usually happens in a shorter time period. Mm -hmm. But those more severe, scary rashes occur, that occur that usually will end up in the ICU, mm -hmm. um, the severe cutaneous adverse drug reactions, we call them scars. And you'll know you'll have them. There's like, there's no ambiguity, right? It's like these uh -huh. really angry looking rashes. People can have fever, blisters on the skin. Sure. For a lot of those, it's actually up to two weeks before the reaction wow. happened. No, this is kind of opening my eyes and door to like, wow. So 
I don't know if there's a, a one line answer to this, but you know, we said, where is this signs and symptoms of drug allergies? What about causes? Is it in our body? Is it our immune system? What causes the general drug allergies for most of it's these people? It's our immune system and different parts of our immune system, right? Okay. The immune system is very fascinating and intricate, right? So for a person who says, I'm just going to come up with hives because that's one of the most common reactions yeah. individuals have to medicines, that's because they have a predisposition to have allergies. They got the genetics. They got exposed. The more we actually see a medication, the more likely our body is to make antibodies against it. Right. So more often than not, for most medications, it's actually fun fact, usually your second course of being on it. Okay. Your body has to see it before and recognize it, which is why I was saying with the ear infection case, right? They would yep. the amoxicillin, they took a little break and went on amoxicillin with coagulinate, and that's how they got their reaction. So that's usually the time course, unless something looks similar, but that's a talk for another day. <laughs> so let's, you know, I'm going down from causes to, of course, diagnosis. Okay. So you suspect a drug allergy. Correct. And it wants to be confirmed or seeing you. How do you diagnose a drug allergy beyond just clinically, I now bless you with a drug allergy, okay. you know? So usually for drug allergy, we go based on history, right? Mm -hmm. So we actually, fun fact, we do skin testing to drugs knowing the non-irritating concentrations. So this means oh. concentrations that we know should not evoke a skin response that's been tested on individuals who are not allergic. Okay. <laughs> so we know what the non-irritating, that's how we get the non-irritating concentrations. They're all published. Uh -huh. um, and then we poke your skin just like you would just a little bit of the medicine and then like either a metal or plastic little poker. Mm -hmm. And we do a positive control, which is histamine, a negative control, which is saline, which shows us how sensitive the skin is. And then we interpret it within 15 minutes. So we know right then and there. But the whole caveat is you always skin test if you think someone isn't allergic. If I think that, mm -hmm. let's say, you tell me you took penicillin and you had anaphylaxis a week ago. <laughs> I'm not going to skin test you. I already know. I hope not. Good, yeah. Right. <laughs> so then we skin test to see loss of allergy. Right. Okay. And then once we know, we do deeper skin tests that are like TB tests and yeah. dermal tests. Sure. If those are negative, depending on the medication, then we give the medication in a graded challenge, which means we give depending on that individual's reaction history time frame. You can give 1%, wait 30 minutes to an hour, 10%, wait 30 minutes to an hour, and then the rest of it and monitor them. So let's keep it simple. I didn't realize how much science goes behind this. So if someone sees you in the office because they think they have a drug allergy, mm -hmm. so assuming it's not going to be something life-threatening, you would do the skin testing? It depends on the timing, right? Okay. So let's okay. say if someone came in and they were like, a week ago I reacted yeah. to this. Obviously, I wouldn't mm -hmm. do the skin testing because the pretest chance of them being allergic is pretty gotcha. high. Gotcha. If someone comes in, for instance, we'll pick penicillin because we know people. Yeah. Do. Fun fact is that most <laughs> people don't know. People lose their penicillin allergy with time. We lose <laughs> it at 10% a year. Oh, okay. Okay. So let's say someone, a lot of times I have people that come in and say, yeah. I was penicillin allergic as a child. Yeah. I took this medicine and I had hives. Am I still allergic? Right. Gotcha. That and that makes sense. So when you were saying that you do it to see if you're, let's say I don't know if I'm allergic, right? And I want to know if I'm allergic to nuts or right aspirin right. or something. That's the people you want to test, the not people. the ones where I not had a reaction. I definitively know you ah. had a reaction. Well, I mean, it also depends on the time frame of the reaction. Gotcha. Right? Okay. So if someone tells me I had a reaction a month ago. 
Yeah. And more often than not, they're allergic. The caveat becomes, let's say they took six medicines yeah. during that time period. Yeah. And we need to know which one was the agent. Then yeah. we may send us you. And do a lot of people come to see you in the office because they are worried they may have an allergy to such and such based upon a family history or just they're unsure? Is that, actually, yeah. un, being uncertain, a lot yeah. of times, one of the most common reasons people come in is there were siblings. Yeah. One of them reacted. Mom or dad doesn't remember which one it was. Yeah. So they both got the label of whatever drug allergy. And now enough time has gone by that they really want to know, was it me? Was it my sister? You know, if you read my chart, it says I'm allergic to aspirin. Mm -hmm. And my mom, who's a nurse, love you, mom, uh, you know, told that. I just tell that to everyone. But I take non-steroidals. And everyone always asks me, why did you put it there? I'm like, I don't know. My mom told me. Would I be your patient? Is Definitely. Would is this what usually kind this of... This is okay. usually what comes in. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yay. So, I mean, you're talking about skin testing. Are there blood testing that's we, a little more readily? Because, you know, skin testing is is poking yes. and skin and time. I'm a pretty lazy doctor. I love a good we blood test. We actually don't have very good blood tests. Okay. Is that because, I mean, they're available, but they're not accurate? Am I saying it We correctly? only have it to penicillin. It's oh, really? available, not accurate, and we okay. don't have it to any other drug. So here at Wonderful USC, do we do the skin testing we here? We do the skin testing. We have wonderful pharmacists. Shout out to the pharmacists that work with Yay, me. They get pharmacists. to make my non-irritating concentrations every week. Yay. <laughs> and they make our non-irritating concentrations. We do skin testing. We do intradermals. And then we challenge patients. So I like we had some diagnosis. We had some signs and symptoms. So let's talk about treatment in, into parts. You know what I mean? Okay. Because I divided this. You know what okay. I mean? This, this whole preparing for this talk, you know what I mean? Our interview got me really pumped up for allergy immunology. If you have treatment of present allergy symptoms, mm -hmm. current allergy symptoms, let's talk about would, withdrawal of the drug, you okay, know what I mean? Which is number one. Yeah. Always, always stop the medicine if you think you're having an allergic reaction. Okay. That's, so it's not even the treatment. That's like no brainer. Just stop it. Yeah. Okay. Now, what about the role of antihistamines and steroids? You know what I mean? on your reaction, right? Okay. So we'll go back to the individual who took the penicillin agent for the ear infection. Okay. If they come in and they are, if you're itching, right, and your only symptom is itching, you stop the medicine and you can take an antihistamine because what do antihistamines do? They stop itching. Yeah. So then the treatment there would be an antihistamine. And can you like feel this over the phone? Like, hey, why don't you take some Benadryl? Let's right. call it out there. Take right. some diphenhydramine. Yeah. And call the day. Yes. Okay. Okay. So antihistamines, over the counter, a simple way to feel better. And when do you want to start using steroids? It depends on the reaction, right? So let's say someone had lip swelling. Mm -hmm. If someone calls me and they're like, you know, my lip is swollen right now, obviously stop the medication first. Antihistamines may work and they may take longer. So what I do is I prescribe them some steroid. Okay. Right. I say take the steroid. Anyone who ever has any swelling should have an EpiPen. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's acute, right? Yep. Um, and then we prescribe an EpiPen. And steroids work phenomenally for most symptoms, let's say. They do cause reflux, just so everyone knows. Mm -hmm. We tell everyone to take it with food because it can cause heartburn. You can kind of retain water. Some people, it makes them really poor sleepers. They get insomnia. Yeah. And I've had a couple, a handful of people that have had horrific mood changes. So something just worth paying attention to. Now, in the acute setting, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it takes a while for steroids to kick in, right? I always tell people if it's your lips, start yeah. the steroid. Okay. Um, if it's your tongue yeah. or you feel it's progressing to your throat, you go to the emergency room. No questions asked. Okay. You just go. Yep. 
Okay, so this one thing's antihistamines, no harm, no foul, steroids, no harm, no foul. Granted, there's no warning signs. Correct. Airway, tongue. Right. Anything, I mean, don't even mess around with that. Don't even mess around, go. Okay, I like that. So those are going to be for treatment for allergy symptoms that are happening right there on the spot, you know. But let's say they're they're taking allergy-causing drugs, you know what I mean? They have to be on the drug. Okay. So what about things like, a graded challenge. Could you explain that to sure. my listeners? And drug desensitization, okay. which I know I've requested this from you folks before for some of my patients on your favorite penicillins. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that that easy. Okay, for you so guys. let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about one facts. Okay. So we do a challenge when we think you're not allergic. You're not allergic. You're not allergic. Oh, okay. So the goal is to show you're not allergic because we're giving the medicine in little doses, Mm -hmm. not enough to get the body to tolerate it, just enough to see if you react. And when clinically, when would someone want a graded challenge when they have to be on a med that's known to have a lot of allergies to it? Or it just depends. So let's say you had for the individual who had penicillin as a child. Why not? Okay. And you did the skin testing and the skin testing is negative. Okay. Fun fact, penicillin is our only validated skin test. Really? Which means that with that one being negative, it has a high 90% negative predictive value. Oh, wow. It's still not 100%. So to cover my 3%, I do a graded challenge to make sure that the person isn't allergic. 97% chance they're not allergic, but to cover that 3%, I give it to you in office. Ah, so that's where the graded challenge that's comes again. So you do the skin testing, positive is positive, you're allergic. But yes. if it's negative, you really want to know. Correct. You've got to do the graded you challenge. You have to do the graded challenge. Now, I think I know the answer to this, but I'd rather ask you. We're calling it penicillin. Right. We're calling it penicillin. So does this cover all beta-lactam drugs? So does it cover, for my dorky medical students that I love, cephalosporins and carbipenems, or is it strictly just penicillin? The skin you know test I mean? or the negative predictive value? <sighs> skin tests I can do with any medication. Skin test. So let's say I'm going to take Keflex, which mm-hmm. is a cephalosporin, mm-hmm. but it's part of the beta-lactam right. penicillin family per se. Mm-hmm. You skin test me. It's yeah. negative for penicillin. Great a challenge. That's great a challenge. And what happens if it's negative? You could okay to take a cephalosporin, any type of beta-lactam. The, well, that's a little bit more complicated. Okay. Than that. So let's say we have different categories yeah. that we break cephalosporins into. Most individuals who are cephalosporin allergic, it, it's yeah. not the beta-lactam ring. It's the R side chains. Ah, okay. And we have yeah. tables that we look at based on what someone tells us they're allergic to, gotcha. to see what they can take. But hypothetically, let's say someone says as a child, I took Keflex. Yep. Um, that's what they thought I was allergic to. Can I take Keflex again? Then we specifically check to that cephalosporin. Or let's say someone wanted them to take something else. And that's where it starts off with skin testing with Keflex? Skin testing with Keflex. How do you skin test for a Keflex? You literally put Keflex in there? put non-irritating concentration of, of Keflex. Keflex. No kidding. If it's negative. And that's why you gave a shout out to the pharmacist. They're yes, the ones that make they this. They are the ones that make this all possible. It is technically our pharmacist. Uh, I would say they do 99.9% of the work. The allergists do 0.1%. So, <laughs> so nice. So can you skin test almost anything? Almost, yeah. And someone just has to create it. Correct. Ah, that's the trick. That's the trick. Fun fact, I, you can skin test chemo too. Okay, I'm going to skin test uh, Daniel Rubison, bleomycin. Yes. You could do it. You could do it. 
and they just have to create it. Oh, I love it. Chemo, just as a fun fact, is a little harder because in hospitals, not everyone can touch chemo. So it has to be a chemo nurse who does it. Yeah. I used to do a lot of um, chemo skin testing and desensitization at UC Irvine. Yeah. We had a huge chemo allergic population. Yeah. And we did it though. So this, this is great. I'm going to be uh, answering my own questions here. So mm-hmm. if I want to worry about a specific antibiotic, even if they're grouped in families like beta-lactam, mm-hmm. I could ask a, a specific drug yes. I want to get tested for. 110%. I want to give some meropenin. And I want to know. And I yes. want to know. Absolutely. So that's why there's no need to talk about the broader penicillins right. covering everything. You could test specifically. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what is the difference between the drug desynthesization and graded challenge okay. and broad strokes? So technically, graded challenge, right? We do when we don't think you're allergic. Okay. Desensitization is a process where we get the body to tolerate a medicine when we either perceive you're mm-hmm. allergic or yep. definitively know you're allergic. Okay. Right? So they have to have the drug. So they have, so for, and there's no other options, I assume. Yeah. They have to have the drug for whatever reason. There's nothing else we can treat and we get the body to tolerate it. Desensitization is time consuming. It has to be done in the ICU. One-to-one nursing, shout out to our ICU. Um, (laughs) You can do oral desensitizations or IV and Mm -hmm. we we actually dilute the medicine standard is one to a thousand dose, one to a hundred, one to one, and we incrementally go up. And this is going to be, obviously, you read the case, why are we doing it? What's the purpose behind it? Because it's all about to benefit the patient. absolutely. And we're slowly building up the dose that they need. So let's say that we're giving... Zosin. I don't mm-hmm. know why I just said Zosin. Pepercillin, Tazobactam. And we want to give it 3.375 milligrams Q right. six hours. Mm-hmm. You would build your way up to that dose. So we build up to the final dose. Yeah. And the fun fact is that the desensitization only works while the patient is on the medicine. So ah. let's say that individual finishes their course in the hospital. Seven days. They Seven it. days is yep. done. They received it every six hours like they were supposed to. Once the medicine stops, they are allergic again. And we're assuming we'll do a desensitization if they don't have those evil, evil reactions, right, anaphylaxis, right. angioedema, any of those things. Then there's no way we're going to desensitize. No, that's what we desensitize for. Wow. That is so, what we... is, so with almost any drug, I do well, almost, you could desensitize well, them you and could prevent? technically almost desensitize to anything that's IgV mediated, right? Ah. The caveat becomes these really... I call them sneaky, yeah. sneaky, severe, cutaneous, adverse reactions. These are the T cells that start reacting. Yeah. Right? So let's say we're going to take, let's say, sulfa because everyone knows sulfas are notorious. Yeah. So you take a sulfa for something. Okay. Two weeks later, you have a fever. You have this horrific, violaceous drug rash. Okay. You don't really feel good. You go to your doctor's office. They run blood tests on you. You have these allergy cells called eosinophils that are high. You have these other um, allergy white blood cell called lymphocytes that are high. Your liver tests are through the roof. Then we calculate and we think, hmm, you have this really bad drug reaction with eosinophilia and systemic symptoms. For any of those, any end organ damage. So let's say someone took another medication and their liver enzymes shot up. No, no. Yeah. Um, kidney doesn't work because of a medicine. You have vasculitis. Sure. I would say drug-induced lupus, any blistering skin, skin peeling off, it's so red. Those are all contraindications to desensitization. That makes sense, 1,000%. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever done a drug descent and it backfired 
And someone did the epi- needed to have the epidose. Yes. Even though we were very careful in, yes. in, in, in going up yes. there. And that's hence why you're in yes. the ICU. Yes. You're in the ICU because although the risk of reaction is low, it's uh-huh. not completely unattainable. It, it depends. So since we're starting, we'll go back. So we're starting yeah. at these super low doses, yeah. right? So most people aren't reacting at the initial steps. It's the final step when you're giving the higher doses that people start reacting to. Mm-hmm. I have had people who have gone into anaphylaxis. We've treated them through it. Um, if you go into anaphylaxis, your desensitization is done for that day. Oh, what we do is yeah. then we go back and you can always add more steps next time. Okay. Right? Um, knowing what step they reacted to. Sure. And then get them usually to tolerate it. Whew. I feel like I understand this now. That makes yeah. me so happy. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Mm-hmm.